0: Amen. All right today we're going to talk about some famous last words today. I was looking and I found some of these. These are actual headstones. These are engraved in stone. Uh, here, listen to a couple of these headstones. Merv Griffin's headstone actually says, I will not be right back after this message. Actually says that. Uh, a guy named George W. Harris, uh, his headstone says, I knew this would happen. True story, all right. One, another one guy named Henry Blake, it says this, his, his family engraved this. Here lies Henry Blake. He stepped on the gas instead of the brake. <laughs> another one I found uh, said, I was really expecting a pyramid. I guess they were let down. Right, a, a, a devout atheist, and I guess his family thought it was a, a funny thing, a devout atheist. A guy that had had actually lived as an atheist, his headstone says, all dressed up and no place to go. And then my favorite one is in in Key West, Florida. Uh, It's a guy named B.P. Roberts, and it's my favorite one. His headstone actually says, see, I told you I was sick. Today today we're going to end our series. We've been looking at great men of the Bible. This is about 25 weeks uh, that we've been looking at great men of the Bible. Started back with Abraham, Moses, uh, Joshua, David, and now we've gone through the life of Paul. Today is the fifth week in in our study of the life of Paul. And again, we'll conclude the the, the life of Paul in our entire study uh, today. We're actually going to look at... Uh, some of his last words, Now, I think that's a pretty uh, profound thing. You can tell a lot of things about somebody by what they were saying at the end of their life as they come to that point, uh, nothing left to hide, nothing left to, nothing left to, to try to, to pose or act like, and, and, and we actually have Paul's, uh, some of his last words recorded in his last letter of Second Timothy. I think that's a big deal. I think that's a very telling thing for us to look at. I've said it all along, I've said it through our study, I say it all the time. I believe the apostle Paul was was most likely the most impactful believer that has ever lived and I I think if you weigh what he did if you if you weigh uh, the impact of his life I believe he's the most impactful believer to ever live I believe he is a great example of a man and that was the point to these studies is these are men these are men that put shoes on like us that woke up like us that lived the course of their days like us but but he is a man but a great example of a man who totally gave himself to be used of God uh, what, what an awesome thing to say. You know, he, he totally gave himself to be used of God. Mo- most of us here in this room, and I've said this a couple times, if we were to trace uh, our tree back or our lineage back, uh, the person that led us to Christ and the person that led them to Christ, and the person that led them to Christ, if there was some way to go far enough, I believe most of us in this room Uh, that tree, that lineage would actually go uh, through the the ministry of the Apostle Paul. It's that big of a deal. Uh, I believe his impact is that profound. Uh, Understand at the point that we are today, as we look at our verses today, uh, he has had his radical conversion on the the road to Damascus. Um, He has served as an evangelist, preaching the good news of the gospel. He has led uh, countless people to Christ Um, preaching the good news, he has served as a pastor, actually a pastor in a church. He has trained pastors, and we have uh, three of his letters that record his training of pastors. He he not only was a pastor, but he trained other pastors and and the impact of their ministry as well. Uh, We know he's written 13 of the 27 books uh, of the New Testament. What a tremendous thing that is, 13 of those 27 books. Uh, So some tremendous things have happened, some awesome things, some great things, a tremendous impact uh, over the course of his life. Also understand, and I think this is maybe uh, something we fail to see, and I I think when we talk about the Apostle Paul, we we forget some of these things. He has also been arrested. Uh, He has been jailed. He has been beaten. Uh, Those are hard things. I think harder than that, he has been abandoned. He has been betrayed. He has been slandered. Uh, Notice how many of his letters he's having to try to set the record straight. People run him down and they lie about him. He's not a real apostle. Look at his pride. He has been slandered. He has endured hardship after hardship. And I think we look at these things and say, wow, what an awesome life that was. What a tremendous thing. He has endured gut-wrenching things, heartbreaking things. Uh, He has endured all of those things Uh, in this ministry at one point he says uh, that they had ministered to the point of death Uh, can you imagine he is he has ministered to the point that that they thought they were going to die and maybe it was better to die Uh, he he was the one that said to live is Christ and if I live I'm going to be an ambassador for Christ but to die is gain and you know what if I die I'm going to go be with Christ and so we see here's this guy And there's been tremendous things, a huge impact, but there's been hardships. And all of the course of that, he was totally given to Jesus Christ. Totally given to Jesus Christ. Nothing held back. Well, I want you to understand there's nothing stopping any of us from being totally given to Jesus Christ. Well, I'm not, well, I'm not like that. Well, that's not, listen. There's nothing stopping any one of us from being totally given to Jesus Christ. Now he is in prison. Uh, He is in Rome there in the prison. I think it's important to understand his crime is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's not there as a thief. He's not there as a murderer. Uh, He's there because he wouldn't be silent about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he has offended a lot of people in his preaching of the gospel. And very shortly... He is to be executed. Here we are at the end of 2 Timothy. Uh, not, not many months after the end of this letter, the Apostle Paul is actually beheaded. They actually cut his head off of his body. Well, here in, in this letter, we have his last words recorded, written uh, that go to Timothy. Uh, these are the Apostle Paul's famous last words. I'm going to read the verses, and then I'm going to come back and we're going to walk through these verses. Famous last words, the last words of the Apostle Paul. 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 7 say this. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. His famous last words. Now, I want to walk us through a breakdown of those verses. Let's look at verse 6 again. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. Poured out as a drink offering. That was an Old Testament observance, an Old Testament offering. Uh, that, That offering was poured out in honor of God. It was poured out as a sacrifice unto God well Paul says here his life has been poured out for the glory of God that's the picture his his life has been given as a sacrifice for the glory of God now I I want you to think about this how many people will approach that day that last day and have regrets I wonder how many people say, you know what, I wish I'd have done that differently. I wish I'd have done those things with my kids differently. I wish I'd have treated my wife differently. You know what, I I wish I could go back and do this thing if I I knew what I knew at 22. And I wonder how many people get to that day and they approach that day with regrets. Well, Well, how awesome to be able to say, I, my days, my hours, my breath was given for the glory of God. That's that's an awesome thing. How awesome to get to that day and say, you know what? I gave my life, it has been poured out as a sacrifice to the glory of my Savior, Jesus Christ. You know what? Sure, there's got to be regrets, but what an awesome thing to get to that day and say, you know what? I gave it for Jesus Christ, for His glory and for His honor. The verse says, and the time of my departure has come. He knows how it ends. And he knows that it's going to be very soon. Now that's that's a pretty inter- interesting perspective. Uh, there are some people that maybe they, they get a sickness or they have an illness and they say, Well, you've got three months to live, you've got three weeks to live, you've got two years to live. And, and those people will go through those days knowing the day of my departure is soon. That day is soon to come. And and what a what a perspective that has to be to know. You know what? My days. Now have a cap. My days now have an end. Well, I, I think we ought to see this, be sure of this. All of us, life is fast. And I, I don't know that I, in the last year or two, I, that's been that's been uh, striking me, hitting me. This life is fast. Uh, some of you here will know we were, we were just 17. We were just 17. My daughter now, that she was just born, she's 17 that that doesn't seem possible to me i was just 17 i just brought her home we just started our our house together now she is is 17 and i and i think back and it's pretty it's pretty wild the days just went by and I, I try to think about, you know, I remember those days when I was 22 and 28 and 33 and the days went by and the, the Mondays came and the Mondays went and those Mondays turned into weeks and, and we, really didn't, we really didn't notice that that was happening and those, those weeks kept rolling by and all of a sudden it would be the fall and then it would be a new spring and those weeks turned into years and the years went by and my hair turned gray and all of a sudden the kids are, are growing up. And we never really thought, you know what, every day is a day closer to my departure. I, I want you to know the truth of this. Each of us, if, if we live to be 107, it's going to go by like this. Time rolls by. Time goes fast. Look at the, the deal out in California this week. You can think you're on top of the world, and in five minutes you can be gone. He has the perspective. He is close to the day of his departure Now listen to what he could say on that day. Verse 7. I have fought the good fight. Good here translates not necessarily the moral fight. It could mean that. But it really translates the right fight. The right one. The profitable fight is a a pretty good interpretation. I fought the correct fight, the one that that bore fruit, the one that had profit to it. I took up the right cause, and I fought the right fight. I fought. Now, think about that. He had run, and he had worked, and he'd given everything that he had. It, It wasn't wasted. It was for the good fight. How many of us can say, what I've run and I've worked and I got up early and I stayed up late and I took a charge and I did some things and it wasn't wasted, it didn't perish, it didn't fall away, but it was for the good fight. I think about this sometime. I wonder how many people will get to heaven and when they get to heaven, there's gonna be people there that led people to Christ and man, they led that person to Christ and they're there and they led those 10 people to Christ and there's going to be people there, and they were witnesses to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm not talking about being a preacher. I'm talking about being a, an insurance salesman that led people to Christ, and a farmer that led people to Christ, and, and a carpenter that led people to Christ. There's going to be people there saying, you know what? I believe the gospel. I knew it was my hope, and I told my cousin, and I raised my kids, and I told those co-workers, and they're going to be there, and they're going to say, look at the, the people that believed. Look at the things that happened, and they're going to tell the stories. Do you remember that day? And we thought they were too far gone, and when they got saved, and God changed their life, and they're going to be high-fiving, and they're going to be talking and celebrating, and then there's going to be other people that are going to say, no, I didn't even know there was a fight going on. Man, I was was so busy paying my bills and, and going to all these things, I didn't even know there was a fight going on. He says, I have fought the good fight. He says, I have finished the course. Now, this is a little bit different. Um, this is talking about endurance. This is not like a fight where it's a flash. This this is endurance. He he says, you know what, I've started and I moved through the early miles. And I can look back now and I remember those early miles and I got a pace and I was pretty excited and I had a fresh wind and I had fresh legs And I can tell you, we were running on those first miles. Then he can say, you know what? I kept on, and I kept on, and some hard things happened, and I got to those middle miles. And those middle miles, there were a bunch of distractions in my life. There's a lot of things going on. I wasn't as, as fresh as I was in the early miles, but I ran those middle miles. And I kept on, and I kept on, and I got to those end miles. And you know what? By the time I got there, I was tired. And you might say the same thing. You know what? I could have sat down. I, nobody blame me. Man, you've already run the race and I may have been moving slower. It wasn't as fast as the middle miles for sure, not as fast as the early miles. But you know what? I never slowed down. I never stopped and I finished the course. He says, I finished the course. Persevered. I finished the course. And then he says this, I have kept the faith. The word for kept here means heated, means watched over or preserved. I've preserved the faith. I've watched over the faith. I've heated the faith. What, he, what he's saying here is this. He started with the gospel, but you know what? He never grew past the gospel. He stayed with the gospel. I see people and they start with the gospel, but you know what? After a while, they need something in addition to the gospel. And they start with the gospel and they need something to supplement the gospel. He says, you know what, I started by faith in Jesus Christ and I had nothing to add to that. I didn't stack anything on top of that and I finished by faith in Jesus Christ. It didn't become boring to him. It became more astounding. It didn't become commonplace to him. In fact, it increasingly took the highest place in his life. He kept the faith. Same thing, I wonder how many people start with a love for the gospel. And they start with a love for the gospel and they're excited about their, their faith and they're excited about a Savior that died to save them. But somewhere in the middle they hear that and they hear that. And man, I've been in church and it seems to be the same thing. And they become numb to the gospel. They can sing these songs and they can go back home and they're not excited about the gospel. Not Paul. He says, I started with Jesus and I finished the race and I finished with Jesus. We're saved by faith in Jesus. I want to say this. Live like that. Here's, Here's my advice. Live like that. Don't, don't waste it. Don't waste it. Be able to say, you know what, there was a fight, and I jumped in it. There was a fight, and I, I didn't hesitate. I jumped in it. There was a race, and I ran it. There was a, a call for endurance, and I got in that race, and I endured. There was a faith, and the world hated that faith, and the world downplayed that faith. But you know what? I upheld the gospel of Jesus Christ. I upheld that faith. Listen to me. Live like that. Live like that. Well, that's not me. Listen, live like that. Well, I'm already old. Live like that. Live like that. Man, I fought the fight, the good one, the right one. I ran the race. I finished the race. And I upheld the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says in verse 7 what he's done. And then verse 8, is a very awesome thing. He says, well, here's what he's sure of. That's what he did. That's what he's done. He's able to say that. Live like that. Here's what he's sure of, verse 8 in the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, listen to this, which the Lord, the righteous judge, that's talking about Jesus, will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all who have loved his appearing. Paul knows that promised by God is this great reward. And his hope has always been in that day. When he started, his hope was in that day. When they lowered him in a basket outside and the, and the, the town was trying to kill him, his hope was in that day. When he went to a strange city to preach the gospel and they took him outside and they stoned him and he gets back and goes back into town, his hope was in that day. When he goes to Rome and he says, you know what, I've got to preach the gospel, we're going to kill you. He's got to preach the gospel. His hope is in this day. He knew there was promised of God a great reward. And on that day, here's what he knows. Jesus, his king, the righteous judge, listen to this. His king, Jesus. Not some spiritual image, not some superstition, not some painting somewhere. On that day, he's going to run into Jesus. He's going to see Jesus. He's going to meet his king. The one that he met on the road to Damascus 32 years earlier, he's going to run into him. The one that changed his life, the one that, that saved him, the chief of sinners, he says, the one that saved him, the one that paid for his sin, the one that took it to the cross, the one, the only one that could have settled that death, that Jesus the one that he had preached of, the one that he had told small groups, the one that he had preached to big groups, the one that he had told multitudes of, that Jesus, the one that he had preached, that Jesus is gonna give him a crown. It says the crown of righteousness. The word for crown is actually a wreath that they would give a victor in a race when they finished. They would put this wreath on their head. It was a celebration. It marked them as having won the race. Righteousness means Uh, James calls it the crown of life. Peter calls it the crown of glory. Here, Paul's talking about the full and final, listen, eternal righteousness of Jesus Christ. And on that day, I'll meet my king, the one I preached about, and he will give me eternally, fully, not to ever end his righteousness. And I will be crowned, not because I was good, but because of my Savior, Jesus. I will be crowned with that righteousness. I go back, and as I hear that, I think about Jesus when he said in Matthew 5, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. On that day, he will stand, and the eternal righteousness of Jesus is placed on his head. He gives it to him. He says, not just to me, but all those who have loved my appearing. That's talking about all believers, not just to me. But Jesus is going to give you eternal righteousness, the crown of life on that day. Here's the question. 25 weeks, five weeks here. Here's the question. Not not playing around, not, not just saying religious things. Don't you want to meet Jesus like that? That's what he's, that's what he's saying. Don't, don't you want to meet Jesus like that? Not not in sin. Don't you, don't you not want to come up here and say, well, look at all the sin, I, I just stayed in it. I don't want to meet him in sin, not, not consumed with the world. I don't want to get there and say, you know what, I couldn't let go of this stuff and I was, I was enthralled by that stuff. I don't want to get to heaven to meet Jesus consumed by the world. Not having been saved And then wasted my time. I I don't want to meet Jesus and say, man, look at such a salvation. Man, I'm redeemed. I have the crown of righteousness, but I didn't think enough of it to do anything with it. And I wasted 40 years. I don't want to get there having wasted a bunch of time. Don't you want to meet Jesus and come and say, you know what? I, I fought the fight and I ran the race and I kept the faith. And all glory be to you, my King Jesus Here's the point. You can do that. I wish somebody had been telling us that all along. We can do that. You can do that. Don't buy the lie that it's too late. Well, it's too late. Don't buy the lie. Well, my reputation's already shot. He, he persecuted Christians. Don't buy the lie. It's too far gone. I'm too far gone. I've already, I've already pursued too many other things. You can finish like that. Whatever your age, whatever you are, whatever you've done, we can finish like that. Here's the point. What will you do with it? What will you do with it? I'm going to finish very quickly with my favorite verse that Paul ever penned. And man, that's a, that's an awesome statement because he wrote some awesome things. And I can go back and I can start to say, well, he wrote that and he wrote this and he wrote that. Um, I, I'm going to finish this study with my favorite verse uh, that, that Paul ever penned um, in the inspiration of God. And I, and I want you to listen to this verse because this verse really just explains the whole reason. Fought, ran, upheld, finished, crowned. This verse is going to explain the reason. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 says this. And for this reason, I also suffer these things, man, the things he suffered. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard that which I have entrusted to him until that day. Here's the deal about Paul. It was all about Jesus. And for this reason, it was all about Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It is all about Jesus. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. For this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard that which I have entrusted to him until that day. Dear Father, we come and I'm thankful for a Savior. I'm thankful for, for, for the forgiveness of my sin. I'm thankful for restoration with a holy God. I'm thankful for peace that passes all understanding, that a peace that endures. Lord, I'm thankful for Paul. I'm thankful for his witness. But most of all, I'm thankful for the Savior he pointed to, my hope, my Savior, the righteous judge, my Lord, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray as men in this room as we hear this today that we would, we would want to finish like this. We would want to point to your glory. We would reprioritize and lift you up high exalted above every other thing. I pray for men that would lead their wives, men that would lead their kids, that would lead in their churches, lead in their towns. Lord, let us point glory to you. And let it be said, they held nothing back. Lord, we come and we just worship you and we thank you. And I, Lord, I pray that my heart would be able to echo. I know whom I believe, my Savior Jesus. And I know he is able. And he will guard. He's trustworthy. And he's faithful until that day. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.